0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air, online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Richard Linklater, Dream is Destiny, is a documentary that takes viewers from the Academy Awards for the acclaimed boyhood to an exclusive behind the scenes look at Linklater's latest film, Everybody Wants Some. It's also a film about, really, about the career of Richard Linklater from Slacker, Dazed and Confused, Before Sunrise, and Waking Life. So many of the great films that he's been uh, the director and writer for. We're so honored to have with us the co directors of the film. That would be Louis Black and Karen Bernstein. Welcome to Film School, Karen and, and Louis. Thank you for having us. Oh, you're Thanks. so you're so welcome. Well, I guess uh, I'll start with uh, Lewis. Um, you, you know, you've, I, it's obvious you've known um, Richard. was referred to as Rick in the film, so I'm a little awkward. <laughs> I'll say Richard. Uh, and for a while, uh, and you've worked with him uh, at the uh, Austin uh, Film Society. Uh, tell me a little bit about having known him for so long uh, between you and Karen. What was it that prompted you to want to do a documentary about? Richard Link later.
1: Well, I met uh, Rick in eighty five at a club in Austin where came over to uh, compliment me on an uh, to talk about an obituary. I think you don't compliment on an obituary, to talk to me about an obituary I'd written for Sam Peckinpah. And we started talking about movies then and you know, three decades later we have them stopped. Um, <laughs> Karen approached me uh, a while back and said, You know, after boyhood, maybe it's time to pitch american masters on doing uh a, a piece on on rick and i said oh, great sure and then karen you know took the ball and pitched it and got you know interest and then so and that led to the film
0: karen um was that did you even try to pitch it to american masters or was it just something you said oh, we'll just do it ourselves and we'll go from there
2: yeah, no, I had tried to pitch it a, a couple of different times, and it, it wasn't until, well, there was a, actually, you know, it was a, a sort of nexus of things that mm. went on, but most most primarily, I think, having Lewis involved. And, um, you know, it was actually more the fact that before Midnight had mm. come out in mm. 2013, and that had really signaled by the end of that trilogy a real seriousness about Rick's work in a way, you know, he was being sort of critiqued and written about in a way that he had never been before. And it and it made it um the approach to that and the kind of buzz, so to speak, around boyhood a very good time to then reapproach American masters and say, well this time around, you know, I have as a director Lewis Black, and I think it could be a very, very interesting piece about making films off the grid, off the New York and Los Angeles grid in Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. in addition to looking at Rick's work to this point.
0: Well, well, Karen, I, Lewis mentioned he had met uh, Richard Linklater back in 1985. When did you meet him?
2: I didn't meet him. I met Rick and... Um, Lewis at about the same time, which was 2001, and it was wonderful. I mean, talk about your your perfect introductions to Austin, Mm. Texas. I was really blessed to have met them both, and I could see instantly that if one were to do a film about the history of Austin, which, you know, was a kind of passion of mine at the time, I thought, well, you know, obviously, you'd have to include these two, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you couldn't do it without the two of them. And so I was thrilled you know so many years later to be able to figure out a way to do that to structure a film that would include both
0: um Lewis and Rick in such a profound way yeah. well um Lewis, I'm going to go back to you in terms of uh you you were you were in slackers right you were in you yes. yes. you have a pivotal scene in slacker and um now, that collaboration is obviously, and that friendship has continued since then. Um, is there, For someone who may not be familiar with his films, um, what would you say to somebody that would draw them to, to or what is it about the, his films that, that appeals to you and you think would, would appeal to someone else?
1: You know, I think there's many things about Rick's films, but I think in a way that so many movies, even indie films, seems set in, in the world of cinema rather than the world we all live in. And, you know, certainly Hollywood films. And Rick's films are very much about, you know, life as we know it and, and life as we experience it. I remember reading um, Larry McMurtry's novel, Moving On, which is one but not one of his better ones, but when I was in my early 20s and for the first time reading a novel, I thought, oh, this is about the world I live in. It's, you know, novels always seemed about something else. Films often seem about something else, but Rick's films, and, and it doesn't matter whether you live in you know Texas or New York, whether you live in the states or uh, around the world, Rick's films are really about living among people and ha- and interacting with people, and so I think they're very human documents.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I also find them to be in intelligent films. They're, they are they are even you know go back to Slacker or Dazed and Confused, I, all of his films, and as particularly his characters. Are, as you said, of the world that I know, and, and as you said, you know, and also they they speak in ways that uh, do not uh, uh, dumb down or talk down to to the audience. And so I, I do it. that's one of the things. And I agree with what you were saying about his his work, Karen. Wh- how would you characterize uh, Richard Linkletter's work? Is there a couple of concepts that you?
2: Yeah, he has. Um... Um, somebody asked me that just recently. I mean, I'm very impressed by his modesty, and what you know, Lewis pinpointed early on, which is just, you know, it's remarkable when you look at these early interviews, especially the early interview that we used in the documentary with Lewis and and Rick himself in 1991. You see in this man a sense of modesty, but it's also equivocated with a real self-assurance. And that's such an unusual combination of character. You know, I I think I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by that. You know, it's how, how you can be, um, at, at once, both, both, uh, modest and sort of aw shucks, and then also be so self-assured. Like he knew he was, he had the focus of an athlete, I guess, of knowing that this is what he wanted to do and he knew how to go about doing it and, um, that's fascinating to me, you
1: know. In the film, there's an early interview I did with him around the time of Slacker. And not only is he completely self-assured, but if you watch that interview, the career that follows is no surprise. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you a first filmmaker, you know, he's interviewed and then he goes and he ends up making, you know, X-Men films or... Or Hollywood films or his career torpedoes, or that he runs a foul, and the sensibility that Rick expressed with one, you know with 've only uh, plow and slacker under his belt is really mature, and when you look at what comes after it kind of it 's organic
0: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and in that rega- yeah. that regard, I, watching his films, and uh, he was kind enough to come on uh, my my program. Uh, when boyhood was out, and and uh, he he couldn't have been nicer. I mean, one of the things that comes across in the film, and in my conversation with him, is the humanity and the sense. And this is something that uh, I, he inspires me to want to be a filmmaker. and And I want to talk about that in a minute. But it, the the sense is his inclusiveness. I, I think the conversation I had with him was uh, was very unpretentious and very very. Um, a very kind man, and i, 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 I don't—I sense that. And his work is generally very genteel, uh, as well. Is, is that you know uh, when you look at
1: like Robert Allman, who is you know a brilliant, brilliant filmmaker, and makes films about you know somewhat about real people, but I have an issue with Allman, which is a, I think in a lot of cases. He doesn't like his characters or he's making fun of his characters. I mean, and I'm not talking, you know, this guy is a brilliant, yeah. you know, filmmaker, I'm not trying to get anything away from him. But there's his attitude towards his characters. In Rick's case, I think it's very humanist. I think there's a real um, an, uh, understanding of who all these people are. You I know, mean, when you think about Rick's work, it's there's not villains. It's, it's not, you know, there's an, it's not about heroes and villains. Yeah. It's really about people's journey through their life.
0: Karen, any, mm-hmm. anything added to that? I think that's that? very true.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's absolutely true. I mean, I've always equated it to being, um, you know, that I, I think that Rick is actually a documentary filmmaker, <laughs> but I think humanist is the right word for it. I mean, I don't think that there is um, a better way to describe it
0: other than that. I, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Karen Bernstein and Louis Black. They're the co-directors and producers of the new film, Richard Linklater, dream is destiny let's go back for a lot of people maybe listening they, they kind of know who richard linklater is maybe boyhood is something they're they're familiar with but let's go back to the beginning and in the film it i i, I was it was appropriate to, for i thought the film spent a fair amount of time on the early work and i think establishing his his uh filmmaking sensibilities as well as uh what makes him so different from other filmmakers um Slacker, obviously, Lewis, you're very familiar with the work. Uh, uh, Karen, where where was uh, sort of the 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 your first film met film meeting, if you will, filmatic meeting? <laughs> That's such a word with with Richard Linklater. Was it? Oh, her?
2: I think it most definitely was Slacker. Okay. Yeah, I mean, 1991, 92. I was living in New York, and I remember quite distinctly when Slacker. Hit the, uh, hit the mark there. And, you know, for a lot of us, it's it, interesting, I think it's I think it's in our film, I'm not sure, maybe Ethan just said this as an aside, but this this feeling, and he was in New York at the same time he was in New York and Chicago, and he saw Slacker, and he had this feeling at one point of like, oh, yeah, I had that idea once. You know? <laughs> so all these people, all these artists had that idea, you know, sort of the exquisite corpse kind of concept, right? The a surreal parlor game. Um, but Rick had somewhat magically, I mean, nobody knew who he was, and somehow he had done it, and he pulled it off, and he did it well. And nobody had done it well yet, you know? So I, I very much remember that that moment. Um, when when Slacker came out, and I remember the, the grouping of films around it, and I remember John Pearson, you know, and I remember these people who were talking about it at the time. It was a very exciting time.
0: You it know, really was. yeah, I mean, it was. It really was. It, and the fact that it came out of Austin, which wasn't, you know, wasn't a sort mm-hmm. of a, a thought of as a, a place where, where filmmakers were was a hotbed of filmmaking. Uh, Louis, it, it, Slacker's really started to to get the idea of independent filmmaker beyond the reaches of the sort of the east and west coast did it would you agree with that that it's sort of planted in yeah i mean film. go ahead yeah i I, re- I think you know in certain ways a decade before uh
1: John Sells' return of Scarca seven helped launch independent films because a lot of people not thought oh well anybody could do that which obviously isn't the case and I think slacker did that for you know the the 90s Um, I think a lot of people saw that film and thought, oh, I should make a film. And in in a way, the film insists that. It looks at you and goes, if you want to make a film, why don't you go out and do it? Um, And so I think the fact that it was about, you know, um, a community and a community that existed nationally, internationally, um, and about anything but slackers, uh, that it was very encouraging. And I think that you can see that as one of the roots for what happens over the next, you know, 25 years.
0: Absolutely. It is so exciting to see uh, what has happened and how Austin has, and this is a testament to yourself and so many others, who have kept the idea and the spirit of true independent filmmaking alive in Austin. Uh, And I want to talk a little bit about the Austin Film Society, which I know that uh, Richard has been a uh, obviously, one of the founders. I, if I uh, correct me if I'm wrong about yes. that, yes. As well as your No, Richard. Yes. Yeah, and as well as your I actually. Uh, oh, I am not a founder. Okay. One of the one of the the bogus
1: lines in my resume is people often listen to me as a founder of the Austin Film Society. I gave at the Chronicle, which I edited. We gave Rick the first ab- free advertising for when he started showing films, and then he came around and said, "You know, I want to." Films should be shown the way they were meant to be shown on the big screen. I want to start a group, the Austin Film Society. Um if, if I, if I, it's a nonprofit, I can, can get grants. Will you be on the board? I said, sure. And there were like three or four of us on the board. And for the first six years, we never had a board meeting. Rick would come around once a year to get us to sign, you know, a letter that we had, that we were meeting. Um and then after six, seven years, we began to have to work at it all the time because we can't, kept expanding. But it was Rick and, Lee Nichols and Dee Montgomery and uh, Katie Kokonos, a whole bunch of local people who really started the film site. But Rick was really the driving force behind it.
0: And, and continues to be. Uh, I, I mean, I, Yes, uh, very much. And I, I like, I mean, I've had a, so many filmmakers, I mean, this is, the show is really about independent filmmaking, documentary filmmaking. And I've had so many people on that until I got the, the information on them, didn't realize, oh, my God, they're, they're out of Austin. Of course they are. And I think uh, uh, Andrew Pajolski, if I'm not correct, correct me if I'm wrong, yes. Andrew's out of the Austin camp. And what a terrific filmmaker. And, and it is <laughs> maybe Karen can answer yourself, Lewis. Is, is Rick kind of considered kind of a godfather of sorts in that in that sort of realm? Is, is he what is how is he looked at from the filmmakers who who operate in and around the Austin film scene?
1: You know, everything starts from when Rick decides to stay here after Slacker.
0: Yeah. Before that, like when Toby
1: Hooper did Texas Chainsaw Massacre right. or Ego Pennell did whole shooting match, they would go to L.A., where sometimes they would be successful and sometimes they would crash and burn. But but um, it was Rick who, after Slacker, decided not only to stay here, but to keep active with the film society that really helped create the whole film culture of Austin. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, it, you know, in know in a way he you know i'm godfather i'm not- i mean he's such an inspiration yeah. as a filmmaker and as a film lover and as a fan i mean he like lo- you know um and so i think that everything that's come since that you know you can directly tie it correct he um and and but i think his role is more in a way benign you know he's just he's like he's not just a great filmmaker, and and an incredible historian and and programmer, but he's a cheerleader, Mm -hmm. and he's created an environment that really encourages people to work together.
0: Karen, what's uh,
1: uh,
2: a... I I would say the same of Lewis, by the way, Mm -hmm. that that Lewis has that same ability, and I think for Rick, Lewis had been that person. You know what I mean? I mean, I think that there is a passing of the hat of sorts. Yeah. um that has gone on for the last uh several decades
0: well and it's back, it, it's funny it, watching the film your conversations with him you're just kind of very relaxed conversations in about him and the films he's made and uh it, it there, I, there's a real rapport there and i i'm sure knowing your your role your, the role you played in getting slacker you know seen and getting his career off the ground i'm sure he's deeply appreciative of your work is uh, in that regard lewis
1: actually if you know rick um we more appreciative of the fact that i gave we've always given him ads for the other films he wants to promote oh. um you know i mean because a, a friend of ours who had been a pa on noon boy said oh, i ran to a restaurant. i mentioned and he said oh okay and and went back to the you know, said, great, and went back to talking to the group he was with. And I said, you know, what you really should have said to him was, everybody says Vincent Minnelli's The Pirate is his best musical, but I think it's Yolanda and The Thief, which is not the case, but you could say that. And you would still be talking to him right now. Rick loves movies. He loves talking about movies. He doesn't much like talking about Rick. And so I think really, his, you know, if you ask him, what he appreciated was that we're film nuts, that we're film fans. people who started the Chronicle are mostly film people and that you know, we really supported him as a programmer from right away.
0: Kara, did you
1: have
2: something to add? I'm sorry. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Just I'm I'm in agreement. And it's sort of an interesting and benign is a interesting and and you know, somewhat um, you know, tenuous word, but, you know, basically that that does describe it i mean these people lewis and rick have been standing role models but they've done it in a way that hasn't been a cheerleading squad you know and i think that that's very important is that people just learn people like me who moved into this community just learned by watching them it's like wow okay how did they do it how did they manage to make films here Despite the fact that you know they weren't always the the uh, monetary incentives to do so, you know, yeah. and I'm just by watching you learned, you know, and I find that kind of fascinating because it wasn't uh, this overt model of
1: how to make films, you know. And, and no, sorry, and, and Rick no. helped create these structures to promote filmmaking that are not um, that are all positive. So there's. He, you know, in the mid-90s called me up and he said, you know, uh, funding for film uh, nationally and and locally has disappeared. What if we create the Texas Filmmakers Production Fund? So a a group of us got together and we created this fund, which has given away well over a million dollars since then. And they're actually meeting in town this week where we bring in three outside jurors and they look through, you know, a ton of projects requesting money. And then they give grants to a lot of these projects. And then there's the ongoing screenings at the Film Society, and there's um, you know there's and the Chronicles uh, support an interest in film. There's all these um, uh, that are not, they're not uh, clickish, they're not um, you know exclusively about Hollywood narratives or documentaries. Uh, Rick has helped, and a lot of us working together have created a lot
0: of um, a lot of support mechanisms, support things that help uh, across the board filmmakers. You know, there's so many filmmakers to mention that have come out of the scene um, that it's it is impressive. And this, and I know that so, so many of them have come from uh, their involvement with the Austin Film Society. And it's just it's it, you know what the thing about, that I really enjoy about watching Rick, and especially in this film, um, Rick, Richard Linklater's Dream is Destiny, and that is he just he demystifies the idea of making a film in a way that makes me want to be a filmmaker. And as going back to the early parts of the film, how he went about it and how Lee Daniels was talking about how he would strap a a Walkman to himself, film himself and, you know, do the audio and everything else. And because he he, because he wanted to and he he, he took the chances and he wasn't afraid to fail and all of the things you want to see in somebody that you want to admire as a filmmaker, I I see in, in Richard Linklater.
1: The, yeah. When
0: people asked me making the film, I discovered something
1: I hadn't realized about Rick. And Rick did a, a film called, uh, before Slacker, called uh, You Can Learn to Plow by Reading Books. And when we were interviewing Kevin Smith, he said to me, you know, you must have gotten seen that right when it was made. And I thought, well, no, why didn't Rick invite me? So I... Let him talk to Rick, and Rick said, oh, well, I did that as an exercise. I wanted to finish a feature. And there's shots in it that are fast the, and There's shots in it that are um, Godard. I mean, it's really a, a learning thing. He said, but, So I said, when you finish it, you show it all, I said, well, I edited it at Austin Tablevision, Vision, so I had to give them a couple of screenings. But no, I really didn't, because the whole idea was just a learning process. Now, one, people I know have made dreadful first films. I want everybody to watch it again and again. <laughs> and the fact that he made a film, and then put it aside and then his second film was slacker which is one of the great indie films mm-hmm. and the film after that was dazed and confused which i think is you know a holly is hollywood as you get but is, is really a remarkable film you realize his learning curve
0: was straight up and that his sensibility is that of a filmmaker yeah karen uh just curious uh i assume that uh mr Linklater has seen the film <laughs> do you have a reaction
2: Yeah, well, there was a very, um, kind of nerve wracking moment. And you know, I gotta say, of uh, Rick, of all of the documentary biographies that I've ever made, he was the most hands off and the most respectful. And I say that, you know, not in this kind of aggrandizing way. I mean, he really truly was. And, um, he called. <laughs> He called uh, us and just, you know, to to really nitpicky things like (laughs) maybe you don't want to use this color. Maybe you want to use this color. I mean, very, very, very small things. And I was, of course wedding bullets. And um, and then he said, you know, he said, overall, he said, you know, I'm I'm not too embarrassed. I'm, <laughs> I'm really, you know, I really like it. And I immediately called Lewis. I think it was like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and I said, that we're okay. Thank God. You know? But, you know, because it was very important to us. Obviously, we didn't want to make a puff piece. We wanted it to be inquisitive. I think it's the best way of looking at it. But um, we also Wanted, you know, we have to live in the same town, obviously, so we didn't want to produce something that he was going to hate. And um, in fact, he's just been, you know, quite the opposite. He's been enormously generous and and, uh, pleased.
0: Well, I. I um, uh, well oh, I, I can I can I can see why it, it's a terrific film. The film again is Richard Linklater. Dream is destiny, and I can't let you get away without saying my own opinion uh, about his films. I love his films. I'm a big fan. You happened to mention Altman Lewis earlier. One I'd say you're absolutely right. I think I've never put them together in terms of the sort of the the approach to filmmaking and the way that they use actors and the way that they I think share a lot of the similarities in the way that they. <laughs> They allow characters to really take over uh, the film in ways others don't. And um, I, I, I love Waking Life. It's one of my favorite films, I have to tell you. I, to this day, it's one of those I pull out just to watch. It's a beautiful film, and I love the different vignettes and the philosophies and all the different kinds of stories uh, that are being told in that film really, really blow me away. I, I think it's a great film.
1: One of the things that we discovered... During making this film, talking to Jasmine Searing at IFC and other, and John Slots and other people, was that waking life, which I think, if you uh, were being you know on the outside, you think was one of Rick's less successful films. You know, it made what it cost, which is not good, uh, is actually has an, an ongoing life that it. That again and again, new generations find it and that it, 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 it's a film that has an enormous following, but it's, it's not the people who saw it when it first came out that people come to it. And, you know, I I, right after we were in the middle of this, I did a TED talk for high school kids and, you know, and, I, and, uh, and all these high school students came up to me and wanted to talk about Linklater, and all they wanted to talk about was Waking Life. Yeah. They didn't want to talk about, you know, School mm-hmm. of Rock or the Before Trilogy or Boyhood. they wanted to talk about Waking Life.
0: Interesting. Well, they're all very good. I mean, honestly, it's hard to pick one of your favorite kids out of the whole bunch here. But uh, it, it's I just one that I again I pull out and watch uh, on a regular basis, and I just uh, just floored by the the creativity and be able to pull all those desperate desperate. Uh, pieces together and make something that feels uh so uh so uh well put together and uh well listen I, i've kept you a little longer than i expected to. i really appreciate your time um i want to remind our listeners very quickly that i mentioned you can find out more about the uh, the film uh richard linklater uh, dream is destined you can go to linklater to find out more i i can't thank you enough for for the film and for finding time to join me here on film school today thank you karen bernstein well and thank you for saying such
1: kind words about
0: it oh you're very welcome yeah karen bernstein co-producer uh, well producer co-director lewis black co-director and producer as well uh thank you so much for being a part of film school great thank, thank you, you.